Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the April issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, What You Need to Know to Be a Bottle Calf's Mama. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors, Dr. Carla Wilkie, who's a University of Nebraska Calcast Systems and Stocker Management Specialist. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Dr. Wilkie, this is not our preferred situation, but oftentimes there's a need for us to have a bottle calf. And maybe we've had a twin that a cow won't take or have a cow that's died and we have a calf. In this article, you highlight some key things to think about. Remember to be effective at being a mother to that bottle calf. Walk through with us some of the key things to remember and how we can do that in a way that helps to ensure the health, vigor, and, and just thriftiness of that calf. Sure. Well, you know, to start off, colostrum is the first milk that's produced by the cow. And that really needs to be consumed by the newborn within the first 24 hours and actually preferably the first six. The baby begins to lose the ability in its gut to absorb those immunoglobulins as time progresses. And the cow actually um, loses some of those immunoglobulins the longer she goes without being nursed or, or milked. So, you know, getting that in them as quickly as we can is really important for their overall immunity and health going forward. Um, if we can't get it out of the cow, which sometimes is the case with the bottle calf, because, um, you know, maybe we found him in a snowbank and we don't know who his mother is or, you know, what other circumstances there may be that we can't get it from the cow, we want to make sure that we use a colostrum replacement, not supplement if we're buying a packet at the store. And so it needs to contain at least 120 grams of immunoglobulin G. And that'll say that on the bag. So we just, you know, want to make sure we get him off to a good start. Um, you know, another thing to consider is the milk replacer that we buy. Sometimes you go to the store and you can just get kind of a general all species milk replacer. And that's really not the best for the baby. You know, it might do in a pinch for, um, a bottle here and there, but if this is going to be your new baby, you need to get a good milk replacer that's designed for a pre-ruminant animal. So preferably a calf replacer. I've used lamb replacers because they have higher fat content when I have a calf that's really in dire straits um, for a little while. And just getting that um, mixed up and getting them started on the right amount is, is really important. When you think about milk replacer, how much do you feed? How often? So that's a good question. It needs to be two full bottles. So a full bottle being four pints. And so then two bottles a day being eight pints is, is sufficient. The, the thing is, sometimes you have a really small uh, or weak bottle calf that just can't take a full bottle at a feeding. So we may need to feed that calf several times throughout the day and so that we get a full bottle. So we get as close to that full two bottles a day as we possibly can get. But until that baby can eat one full bottle at a time, we may need to do several feedings. But we should get to a point fairly quickly that the baby can take a full bottle in the morning, a full bottle at night. One of the things with bottle calves is health, uh, having an environment that's conducive to health. Maybe tell us about what are some things in your mind that really can provide a good, healthy environment for that calf to uh, just promote their health? So one of the things that 
we run into with a bottle cap is that um, they probably do have a compromised immunity because in the beef industry, we don't intend for a calf to be a bottle calf. So probably things did not go well as far as a good start to begin with, um, and it may have a compromised immunity. And then we put it in a confined area um, that may have had previous bottle calves in it that maybe there's some illness pathogens there from the past, or maybe there's several calves in there together, and so we've got them in a little bit of a confined area, and so we could be increasing pathogen load just due to the confines of the pen that they're in. So cleaning the pen would is, is the best, and trying to keep things as clean as we can. Keeping an eye on that calf, if they started out doing really good on a full bottle a day, and then all of a sudden they're not very interested in a full bottle, that calf's probably getting sick. And so having a good relationship with the veterinarian so that we know if we need to give it an antibiotic or if we just need electrolytes to help with scours and dehydration, those are things we want to get on very quickly with a bottle calf. So I feel like it's really important to have a really good relationship with your vet so they already know that's what you're doing and that that calf's already kind of compromised and they can help you have a plan of action planned before something happens and you you don't waste time trying to get a hold of them and figure out something for that calf. Obviously milk replacer is not inexpensive and so thinking about when to transition that calf from a bottle to creep feed and and dry feed is going to be an important piece. What's your thoughts around how to do that time frame? How do we introduce feed to this baby calf? So the the calf out in the pasture with this cow will start nibbling at grass almost immediately and by the time they're a month old they're they're actually eating a fair amount of grass. And so we want to give the bottle calf that same opportunity because if they don't, then they don't develop their rumen, which when they're born, they're a pre-ruminant. They don't have a very big rumen as a percentage of the other compartments of their stomach, and that needs to develop. And so they need some long stem forage, either hay or some grass um, that they can eat to help develop the muscles in the rumen as they contract and churn and they learn to chew their cud. And then also some concentrates that may help them develop the papillae in the rumen that would then help with um, absorption of volatile fatty acids across the rumen wall to provide them some energy. So they need to start being introduced to feed just as soon as they're a bottle calf. And they won't do much with it at first, but as they grow, you'll start to notice that they, they start to eat some more and do fairly well with that. They also need drinking water. Sometimes people think because they're getting two bottles a day that that's a lot of liquids and they're fine, but they do need drinking water that goes directly into the rumen to help with rumen development and appetite. And then you ask the question about, well, you know, when do I transition them off the bottle? And the calf kind of helps you determine that to a degree. Um, we certainly want to see them eating one, one and a half percent of their body weight on a dry matter basis in feed before we start thinking about taking them off the bottle. Um, sometimes a gradual removal of the bottle is um, less stressful for the calf. So maybe we just start removing a feeding for a couple of days and then finally the other one. But usually in a beef calf, I think it works better if they're around 10 weeks of age um, as opposed to like in the dairy industry, a lot of times they'll do six to eight weeks. And that seems to work pretty good for that calf. But in my own personal experiences, 
I've just had the calves do better when they're closer to 10 weeks. And so um, that's that just kind of seems to help them get off to a much better start and keep going. Talk a little bit about the feed you use from a concentrate perspective. How do you go about selecting a feed? Uh, what kind of feed do you like to use? So the bottle calf or any calf really um, is growing very rapidly and they have a lot of muscle growth and bone structure growth and things that are going on. So they actually have a pretty high um, need for protein that doesn't get digested in the rumen. And milk provides a lot of that because they, when they suckle, they close that esophageal groove and that goes straight to the abomasum and it bypasses the rumen. But another feed that has a lot of um, protein in it that doesn't get digested by the microbes in the rumen is dried distiller's grains. So I like to use either straight dried distiller's grains or a feed that has some dried distiller's grains in it. Starter feeds for baby calves will have some in it. Um, I like to use a little bit of corn, but not very much, just a sprinkling um, because you don't want to give them too much starch when they're very small. But giving them some concentrates helps develop those papillae and then some high quality forage that will be easily digested and then have a fast passage rate through the rumen so that they can be hungry again later and eat some more. Um, they need to they need to have a lot of nutrients moving through the tract because of their small digestive system and their fast rate of growth. Dr. Wilkie, do you see any advantage to more of a whole cracked grain uh, pellets for these calves getting started? And you mentioned distiller's grains. Uh, of course, we could get that as a pellet. We could get that as meal. Uh, any thoughts there on opportunities or maybe preferences by calves in terms of starting on feet? Yeah, you know, pellets are, are good because for one thing, they they help reduce some sorting if they're bad about doing that. Um, but, you know, a lot of times it's just what you're able to get. And honestly, if, if you're, you, you may find that it's harder to get um, a straight commodity, you know, like dried distiller's grains or something that's just still in the meal. You might find that there's a, a calf starter that is locally available that's that's going to work better for you. And that's, that's okay too. I mean, it's, I, I like to have a high distiller's grains or high rumen undegradable protein source available to them. But the form of that can, can just depend a lot on what's available to the producer as well. So there's some good products available for the calf. How about a vitamin mineral package? Anything to pay attention there as we especially transition this calf off the bottle to solid feed? And that's a good point because the milk replacer has a lot of vitamins added to it. So I don't worry about it a lot then because I know I'm getting it into them. But um, getting a good palatable mineral that has a lot of availability to the minerals is important once we start coming off that bottle and you're not um, giving it to them, you know, with a vitamin fortified milk replacer. And so, you know, copper and zinc are both very important for immunity. Um, Distiller's grains has a lot of sulfur in it, and so that can inhibit copper absorption. So having a a good available source of um, that can be good. And then um, this is going to be an early weaned calf by our standards of um, what we do with the beef industry normally if he was on a cow because we wouldn't normally wean at, you know, 10 to 12 weeks. So I like to have a mineral that has a good calcium source in it, besides the fact that if I'm feeding the distillers, it's got plenty of phosphorus, so I don't really need that, but I'm probably going to want to supplement with some calcium. So 
you know, a good available mineral that's going to be palatable for them is, is a good thing to add, especially after we're not going to have them on milk anymore. Are there any management practices you utilize to try to get these calves started on some concentrate? Any uh, tricks that you think are, are worth mentioning? I try to keep the feed fresh in front of them. That's one of the reasons I sprinkle a little bit of the um, cracked corn in there with the distillers just to, you know, or some sweet feed um, that's developed for calves. A lot of times if there's a little molasses on it, maybe that gets them kind of started. I don't get very upset if it takes them a little while to get going on that at first because um, I know they're getting most of their nutrition from the milk, but it seems like when they're ready and they really start taking off on it. So as long as you keep a very palatable, clean source of feed in front of them, they will um, take off on it eventually. One thing personally I've experienced is that sometimes those calves might be a little slow to start, but they sure are aggressive about a bottle and I've actually taken an old nipple bottle and cut the end off of the tip of the bottle and just put a little bit of that starter feed in there. And when we're done with the bottle of the milk or placer, uh, give them a little bit of that and it just gets it in their mouth. They roll it around and they associate it with having had a bottle and times feel like that has helped some of these calves uh, get started a little quicker. Yeah. You know, they don't have a cow to teach them anything. And so, you know, sometimes just getting some exposure of that into their mouth. And I guess I've never cut the nipple off like that. That's a good idea. But I have like, because they're still wanting to suck on something after you take the ball away, I have put some in my hand and, and just stuck my fingers in his mouth and stuck a little grain in his mouth. And, and um, just getting um, getting it started, you know, like that is a really great point to make there that then they're like, oh, this stuff's good too. Anything else, Carla, you think would be valuable to think through and understand as they think about taking care of a bottle calf? Just good nutrition, good consistent feedings, trying to get some movement from the bottle to the to the solid feed, not getting in a big hurry about that. If you've committed to the bottle calf, this is going to be a little bit of a process. And um, keeping the environment clean and, and making sure that you and the veterinarian understand what you're doing so they can help you when you have a problem. Because I don't want to say if you have a problem, because with a bottle calf, you, you probably are going to have a problem, just the nature of how we have to raise them. So just making sure that, that we're on top of that and that we're doing the right thing according to protocols and things. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article discussed today, What You Need to Know to Be a Bottle Calf's Mama.